What's an educated mama? Hello, I'm Ryan Jordan, and welcome to The Educated Mama. During this podcast, we will learn from experts, entrepreneurs, creators, and leaders who are also mothers responsible for all the things. Let's celebrate women, learn a few mom hacks, and discuss the beautiful mess of motherhood. We're all learning together, right? Today's guest is Megan Edgecombe. Megan is the founder of Your Fertility Advocate, a surrogacy program that matches parents with surrogates all across the United States. She's also a wife and mother through IVF after a long struggle with infertility and the proud mother to a beautiful son. Megan is also a dear friend of mine and she's one of seven homeschooled children. So I've always thought she's a rock star. So let's meet our guest. Hi, Megan. Thanks for joining me today. (laughs) Hey, Ryan. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. This is super special for me, and I just love to tell our viewers how I know people. So Megan and I met through church probably nine years ago now, eight or nine years ago. And we were actually pregnant together with our first sons, which was was really beautiful to go on that journey together. And since then, we've, you know, I've had my company, she started hers, so we've had a really beautiful relationship. So welcome, Megs. Thank you. I know, and actually the other little tidbit is we were both nannies together. Well, not together, but both nannies when we first moved to Los Angeles, which is a fact too. That is a great fact. I actually forgot about that in a moment. So yeah. Um, So I would love to start off by asking you about your journey. How did you start your fertility advocate? What was your idea? How did this come about? Yeah, you know, they say that all great ideas, you know, sometimes come through painful situations. And I feel like that's where my company was born is just um, our own journey through having such trouble to have our child and then finally have success with IVF. And then you know, struggling after that, I just remember so vividly, I never even thought about surrogacy, it was never on my radar. And, um, you know, I was just having a lot of losses with embryos that we were trying to implant after my son. And this woman in our life who was so special, which is actually our nanny, (laughs) which yes, I just love women that are nannies, because they're just, you know, they become part of the family. So she felt like part of the family. And um, she just saw all the sorrow our family was going through trying to grow our family. And she came up to me one day and said, Megan, I don't know if you think this is really a weird idea, but, you know, if you ever thought of having someone else carry your baby, I would be willing to do that for you. And of course, like it even makes me choked up right now to think about it because it was such a gift for her to offer that. And I also just felt like this incredible, like weight off my own shoulders to think, oh my gosh, There's women in the world willing to carry a baby for someone else. That is so beautiful. And of course we cried and we hugged. And as the story continues that we actually didn't end up using her as our surrogate. It was a little too close to home. (laughs) We're like in our nanny, in our house, watching our children, you know, carrying the baby, like too many things. Um, But that was where the journey started of learning about surrogacy and, you know, informally helping our friends that way. And then my own doctor was like, Megan, you know, you would be really well suited to do this full time. I'll send you some of my patients. 
And he encouraged me to go for it. And so I did. I just researched and I worked for an attorney to learn the legal side and I opened my doors and I have just been so blessed with so much business. I had no idea all the people out there looking because it's quiet. It's not talked about openly. And I want to change that. That's really important to me. But that's that's the, the gist of how I opened my doors and started this thing. <laughs> I love it. That is super inspirational, Megan. And I, I've heard that story before, but I could hear it a hundred times because it is such a beautiful story. And I agree with you. Surrogacy is not something that is talked about a lot. Sometimes it can be seen as a taboo topic, but the reality is once you open those doors and start talking about it, so many people go on this journey. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about a typical family who is on the surrogacy journey. Is this, you know, um, two gay dads? Is this mom and dad who've struggled with infertility? Tell me who, who are the people that typically decide that surrogacy is the best option and when in their journeys does that typically take place? Yeah. Well, just like you said, you know, you named a couple types of people I work with. Of course, the same sex couples, you know, obviously they do need that help, you know, especially with two dads, you know, that's, you know, they'll either go the adoption route or the surrogacy route to grow their family. So I help a lot of them, which are wonderful and especially fun because with two dads, you know, or two moms, oftentimes they'll go that route and they don't have the trauma behind choosing that road because they always knew it was probably going to be part of their journey. Um, And so that is really fun to work with them because it's all just an upside. But then my, you know, close to my heart is the other couples who are, you've turned to surrogacy because they've had a really hard road and, you know, there's cancer patients, they've lost their uterus from ovarian you know, cancer or something like that, they've had to have a hysterectomy. And so they cannot carry anymore. So there's that kind of patient. And then there's patients that just have, you know, a diagnosis that makes it dangerous or unsafe. I have someone, she broke her back in three places and it's really dangerous for her to carry a pregnancy. And so, you know, those are the other group of people that end up turning to the surrogacy route. And at first, you know, there's some sorrow there because people think, oh, this is not how I envisioned it. This is, you know, not what I wanted. And most women do really want to carry their own baby. And there's like a, a release that has to happen to say, okay, let me wrap my head around the idea of somebody else carrying a baby for me. But once they do, and they, you know, interview and meet their surrogate, they just realize, wow, this is so beautiful. You know, here's this person willing to put her life on hold for a full year and give me the greatest gift. Like that's really phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And so once they meet that person and feel that connection, it kind of fades away the weirdness of it or the fear of it. And it just becomes a really beautiful thing. That's great to know. And if you have a surrogate, like for example, I'm too old to be a surrogate, right? There are certain parameters that you need to follow. So if anyone's listening to this that wants to be a surrogate, what are the key things? Like we have key qualifications to be a nanny. So what are the qualifications for someone to be a surrogate? 
Yeah, definitely. So obviously you have to give birth before. Um, so you've got to be proven that you can have a great delivery and, and really good OBGYN records. So, you know, no major diseases or issues with your deliveries. Um, and then, you know, between the ages of 24 to 34 is most common, but you can do older, you can do up to 38, even 39 years old, as long as your records are really clean. And of course, we have to do background checks and psychological evaluations. And um, But as long as you live in any surrogacy-friendly state across the U.S., we can match you with the family looking. They could be in your same state driving distance away, or they could be, you know, across the U.S. from you. Um, so we make it happen. And it's really exciting. The parents will fly to you when it's time for the delivery. They'll stay at an Airbnb or a hotel near, near the hospital. And we just, we coordinate this all, all these little pieces and make it come together in this really fun adventure. I mean, it's truly a matchmaking process, right? The parents come to you and tell you kind of the specifications of what they're looking for. Um, I'm curious, do a lot of moms want a surrogate who looks like them or they are thinking that at this, you know, like, I guess that's my first question. Do moms typically find, like, would I gravitate towards a brunette surrogate? You know, is that common? I love that question because it's just such an innocent question. But, you know, you know, the surrogate carrying the baby, there's no genetic relation. You know, the, the brunette surrogate carrying your baby is not going to produce a brunette baby for you because <laughs> it's not her egg. So that's I love I love that you asked that because there is some confusion still today, which I love to clear up. Um, some people think surrogacy as tradition, what we know today is what's called traditional surrogacy, where a woman literally would become pregnant with her own egg and then hand over that baby. That's that's pretty taboo. That doesn't really happen at all anymore. So now it's known as gestational surrogacy, which means the woman carrying the baby is not genetically related in any way to the baby she's carrying. So it's an embryo created by the mother and father that's implanted in her uterus. And so she goes into it knowing she's not giving up her own baby. You know, she's carrying it for the other person. So that being said, do people choose, you know, if it's a brunette mother, is she choosing a brunette surrogate? I don't find that. I find them saying that most important to them is that they've got really clear health records, that their doctor thinks this is a great candidate, and also that this person's really safe and trustworthy, and you know they have this really good connection when they interview them. Um, that's what's most important, not necessarily the looks. Yeah, I but I will say there has been. I'll just throw in a little tidbit. I I have had some strange requests. <laughs> And um, they're, they're out there and I do decline on some people that bring me very strange requests. Um, I had someone just because I know these are fun stories to tell. Yeah, I want to hear a strange yeah, request. I mean, of he course, was a, my next question. <laughs> he was a single man in his 50s and he had, you know, I always ask in an application, what are you looking for in a surrogate? And he had something where his list was, she must be heterosexual, happily married, vegetarian, willing to listen to chants and chimes, <laughs> like all these strange things. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Like, first of all, just, be, you know, heterosexual does not qualify you to be a sur surrogate, vegetarian. These are things, I mean, I get that parents can have preferences and I do try to work around them, but when they have this long list of very 
unique things. I'm like, no, I, I pass on, I pass on that client. I mean, I would too. I get the same strange requests. I once got one. I need a nanny um, who looks good in a bikini on a yacht who has a science background. <laughs> I was like, huh? What, what are we searching for here? Child care, care for you. <laughs> Very interesting. So yeah. I get it, Megan. I get it. Okay, so talk to me about the journey because surrogacy, when you and I first talked about it, I'm like, this is a luxury service. This does not come out, come without a very high price tag. So that was fascinating to me how that takes place. Can you tell our listeners and viewers what needs to happen in the initial phases of, you know, coming on board with your fertility advocate or any surrogacy agency? Because from my understanding, this is a key component. Yeah, price cost is, you know, unfortunately it is expensive um, and that can be a barrier for a lot of families. But that being said, there's nothing more precious than getting your baby here in a safe manner. And the people that are really passionate about this, they save for a few years to make this happen. And it's admirable. And they understand that this is the journey that they're on. And unfortunately, you know, they can't get pregnant the old fashioned way. And it's going to be an expensive journey, but it's worth it. They all say it's worth it. So yes, I would say, you know, the surrogate gets paid between 35 and $55,000. And then of course you pick up the healthcare costs, which are expensive. You have to pick up the attorney costs for both you and the surrogate. Um, there's a lot of pieces, the medical side, so I tell people, you know, to really budget in low $100,000 range, um, 100, 120 um, of, for the whole price. And, you know, I think some people have told me, oh my gosh, like, you know, that's so expensive for a surrogate. She's getting paid such a big chunk of money. But really when you break it down, I mean, she is doing the most valuable gift for you. Like she's extreme babysitting. You know, she's growing you a healthy baby in her body day and night, not off the clock ever. So when you break down like that lump sum money that she's receiving to like an hourly rate, it's just minuscule. You know, so I don't want to hear from parents complaining that, you know, somehow she's getting overpaid because she's not. She's taking on a risk to her body and she's putting her life on hold. And the hourly rate is so minute. So, you know, I fight for the surrogates in my program to really get what they deserve because they do deserve to be compensated for such an amazing thing they're doing. I couldn't agree more because it's not just the 40 weeks of growing a baby. It's getting yourself back into shape. Because what if you want to have more children for your family? The mental load of carrying a baby and making sure your diet is on point and you're taking wonderful care of yourself while you're also caring for another child. Because as you said, you have to have a proven success rate of having a child. Mm -hmm. So this person is like Wonder Woman, you know, like doing oh, yeah. all the things. And then after the baby is born, goes on to, you know, foster and nurture herself to be back to the new normal. Mm -hmm. So it's, oh, a yeah. it's a big, yeah. a big ask. And these women are absolute rock stars. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. How has the pandemic changed things for you? 
Do you find that there was more of a baby boom? Do you find that there was fear? Tell me a little bit more about how COVID has changed things and nationwide, right? Because every state is so different. Yeah. Well, the, the big thing you noticed is just like the U.S. has experienced, we all can see in the news, there's a big divide around COVID vaccination. So a lot of women, you know, in middle America that were surrogates or interested in being surrogates were uncomfortable with being COVID vaccinated. And a lot of parents and doctors do want COVID vaccination. So that will make a shortage of surrogates, which we already have seen a shortage. There just in general is not enough qualified surrogates available for all the families looking. So there's already a wait and a delay between matching. So adding this COVID vaccination debacle to it really has put extra strain on finding the right match for each other. Um, so that was hard. And the other thing is, you know, I used to go do home visits in person as much as possible, but, you know, with COVID, I just want to be really respectful of people's homes and space and keeping them healthy. So we do a lot more Zoom home visits, um, you know, Zoom interviews, things like that. And then doctor's visits and deliveries, you know, they have rules about who's allowed to come to doctor's visits, which is really hard because, you know, they let the surrogate come in, obviously, to do her ultrasound, but then they tell the parents, you're not allowed in this room. Mm -hmm. And that's just strange because they're the parents of the baby. So if there's anything going on with their baby's growth and development, you know, that's really hard to put them in a position where they're hearing it, not in real time in the room from the doctor. Um, so we find workarounds as much as possible. We do like Zoom, we do FaceTime from a surrogate's phone so that the parents can be in the room. And when it was really bad, the height of the pandemic, which I'm not seeing as much anymore, um, you know, I had one surrogate deliver and unfortunately she was COVID positive. She was asymptomatic, she was vaccinated, but she went to deliver and they refused to let anyone in the room with her. They made her deliver all by herself which was really horrible. And the only time I've heard it happening. Um, and that was just sad because they even wouldn't allow her husband in the room, which she lives with her husband. So, you know, she had to deliver without any support person or, you know, the parents there in the room to hand the baby to, which was really traumatic for her. Um, but get this, I mean, I just adore this woman because not only did she deliver a healthy baby, you know, while COVID positive is, Baby was fine. He went home to his parents and they, you know, got together afterwards and all was good. And she's signing up again. She wants to help another family. Like she's such an amazing woman. That's like the women that are surrogates in my program. Like I just like bow down to them. <laughs> it's so selfless. It's so selfless and incredible. I want to talk about the photo shoot that you had shared on your Instagram. Can we talk about that? Because a lot of times people do surrogacy and hide it. They hide the surrogate. Um, you know, it's always a question like, oh, they had a baby. Well, she never looked pregnant. You know, you hear that. And so then it leaves for questions. Well, it's nobody's business. But what I loved about your share, and I want to hear it from you, is that the surrogate was made out to be the most important person in that photo shoot. So can you tell me more about that and how that happened? Yeah, you're so right. A lot of people prefer to keep it private, their surrogacy journey, which is completely okay and understandable. And of course, we always sign waivers to protect, you know, 
the surrogate and the parents and we don't reveal anything. But you know, with some of my matches, they both sides feel really comfortable putting it out there. And with this match, they were very comfortable with it. And I just adore them. You know, Kelly's their surrogate and Amy and Andrew are the parents. And they just picked out this gorgeous coral dress that the surrogate was wearing and they're out on the beach and the waves are splashing against the rocks. And they just got these amazing photos where the parents are on each side of their surrogate and they're holding the belly. And then of course the surrogate's family was also featured in some of the photos. And, you know, they said like, it takes a village to, you know, support a baby, but also sometimes to grow a baby. And it was so heartwarming. And, you know, those photos, they gave me permission to share them. And I loved that I could finally just put out there some of these beautiful stories that I get to experience every day, but, you know, the public doesn't get to necessarily see how beautiful they are. Mm -hmm. I, I loved it. And when I saw it, it gave me goosebumps. I was so excited to see somebody sharing their story and it makes people feel more comfortable with the idea of surrogacy. And it's just inspiring. It's super inspiring to see and normalize the fact that not every person is going to have a traditional journey and that loving people through a journey is what's most important. Mm -hmm. So Megan, you've been in business, gosh, is it three or four years now that you've been in business? I mean, it's kind of hard to count because I started informally helping sure. friends, you know, so I say more like around five years, I've been kind of doing this line of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a, as an entrepreneur and a mother, what would you say is a key takeaway from being a business owner? I mean, they always say when you get to the five-year mark, that's when you know, like, this is really a thing. This is going to go because most businesses fail in those first five years. And I can tell you what, Megan, you have tenacity. You are a strong, strong woman. I mean, I've known you for many years and I don't see your business going anywhere. I've been a huge advocate for you and your success. And so what would you say has been a key ingredient for the success of your business? Uh, um, yeah, I feel very confident that it's not going anywhere. And I've had some bumps in the road, which have helped me learn the confidence. Like, okay, you know, if you have an idea that is in your heart and that you feel very passionate about, um, and you have a niche that you have, spe you know, special knowledge, and that's, where I just found like, wow, you know, based off what I've been through in my own fertility journey, um, that makes me very particularly well-suited to be doing what I'm doing as a business. And then I do have a master's degree in business, which I know I lean on and it gives, gives me the confidence to know that I, you know, can run a business and, and it feels like a good fit for me. So um, I think what gives what I encourage other business owners, you know, to think about is to, if they have an idea that feels that really resonates with them deep in their soul and they feel passionate about it, um, to educate themselves about just like eat knowledge as much as they can to round out their skill level in running their business and to go for it. Because, you know, you're not going to know if you are sitting on a gold mine um, or not, unless you go for it. So just thinking about it forever and never going forward is not going to get you your successful business. So I would say go for it. Great. That's good advice. A lot of times just start, start, yeah. you know, if you have the dream, just go for it. I love it. Yeah. 
Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience about the surrogacy journey or any stories that you would like to wrap up with today, Megan? Yeah, so I think about, um, you know, I'm so grateful that you had me on to talk about surrogacy. And I really know that just for me, it was such an amazing um, kind of light bulb moment to realize it was an option. And I remember this woman in my life, she was my financial planner and she had twins from IVF. And she told me, you know, she had made all these embryos, but the twin pregnancy was super hard on her body and she knew she couldn't carry again. It was just too much. So she ended up discarding her embryos. And, you know, later on in life, she's like, you know, I would have loved to have a few more children. And I just didn't even think or was aware of surrogacy as an option. And I wish I would have met you or heard about this, you know, earlier before I, you know, threw out my embryos. So I'm just grateful today to talk about surrogacy, to represent it as an option to parents who haven't thought about it. And then also, you know, potentially any woman thinking about a surrogate, to about being a surrogate, like you are welcome, you are needed, we will get you started and you will be so excited about this journey. I've never had a surrogate regret being a surrogate. Wonderful. Well, I am so grateful to have you on today. You can find Megan. She's on social media at Your Fertility Advocate. She also has a beautiful website. And so if you're wanting to have ask Megan any more questions, I know she's an open book and she's always super helpful. So thank you, Megan, for being here today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you had some great aha moments. I am so passionate about empowering women and I can't thank you enough for your support. If you know an inspiring mama or you are an inspiring mama, send them our way. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday and please like, follow, and subscribe to The Educated Mama. Write a review, leave us a comment, share this podcast with your friends. I'm Ryan Jordan, founder and CEO of Educated Nanny. You got this, mama.